1: All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host Dante Belmonte, joined by my co-host DJ Smith. DJ, what's going on? How are you,
0: Dante? It's it's been a few podcasts since I've been on, so it's great to be back.
1: It, it has been so glad to have you here. I've done a bunch. I, I did one by myself. I had a bunch of different guests on, so glad to have you back. Um,
0: hey, 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 let's take a minute and explain that why that is. Uh, you know, we've had a really good six months, yep. right? Uh, I think the way we've divided up our responsibilities, which really made sense for us, is uh, focusing on operations and renovations. And uh, we always knew when we got into this that that would kind of be my deal. So Dante's been doing the heavy lifting on the podcast. So uh, just want to say thanks for doing that, keeping us going.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And and for the listeners, so they understand uh, one of our assets we decided to rip the Band-Aid off on. And instead of renovating a few units each month and, you know, throughout the year, throughout two years, really, uh, we basically decided to get rid of all the bad eggs, go through all the units. And I believe we're doing our last unit um, for the bulk renovation that we're planning on doing. So we really ripped off the Band-Aid and now income, we're starting to lease up well over where we thought we were going to and income is much higher. So, uh, you know, thank you to you because you did all the construction management and all that.
0: Yeah. uh, And it always takes a good team. So property management involvement, Dante, you know, picking up the load on uh, the acquisition side, uh, our marketing side and so on. So we can keep things going. Uh, We've closed some other deals during that process, which we're going to is going to be the focus of today. We're in a little bit of a tangent now, but that's okay. Roll with us. Uh, So and our contractor uh, on site. Uh, yeah. Allison Heights. Basically, we are in the process and, and just finishing up. Yesterday, I wrote uh, final waivers. Someday we'll do a construction podcast and talk about how we manage our contractors. But final waivers and what has been 10 renovated units since acquisition, the last eight uh, being renovated on an average about two weeks per unit, full renovations, some including subfloors. So good accomplishment there. Good, good teamwork there.
1: Yeah, no, that that's great. So we'll we'll also uh you know just because we haven't talked to the listeners really that much on a personal basis, um why don't we give the listeners updates of what we have going on personally in our life? Um, I'll go first, and then DJ will have you go because I know you had some you know some fun stuff going on with your kids and whatnot. But uh, my wife and I we just uh, finished building our home, and we moved into that last month. So that has taken up a lot of time. Uh, our little girl. She's starting to grab things and walk around rooms, which is pretty exciting. Um, So those are some pretty uh, exciting things that we've had going on in our life right now. We just got back from a a trip in Europe as well. So that was a huge blessing. My wife and I did uh, just ourselves. So uh, keep them busy and just enjoying life. Got to remember to do that as well. DJ, how about for you? What do you what do you had going on uh, this summer so far?
0: So I'm like Dante 20 years from where he is right now. (laughs) Uh, true. it's literally my, my, true <laughs> it is true uh a little bit of an odd couple here in terms of age but it, it works great uh really works great uh so just having a little fun with this my daughter my youngest daughter just graduated from high school uh couldn't be more proud of her great kid uh had a wonderful senior year with her did a lot of stuff with her um and uh up for my 55th birthday, I was blessed with being able to drop her off at Clemson. So a little bit uh, bittersweet. If you're down here in South Carolina, Clemson is a big deal. Uh, Proud of her though. Great school and just looking forward to what the future has in store for her. So now uh, reinvesting all that time into my wife for all that she's had to put up with.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's good. I'm I'm glad. We'll send her a link to this. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Please do.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, but today, like you said, the primary focus of this, podcast is talking about our latest acquisition the Abbey in Hickory North Carolina and you know we'll spend a good amount of time going over everything of how acquisition went and now that we've been managing it for about a month and a half we'll talk about uh, that experience and where things are at on the property and usually we do these a little bit earlier but you know we've your daughter's going to college I was out of the country we were getting this under acquisition underway we've got other assets that we're managing we've been super super busy so now that we found you know 45 minutes to carve out to do this which is great so You know, high level, the Abbey Apartments. This is a really unique asset, really unique building. We'll talk about how we acquired it, financed it, the timeline, all that. 44 units, Hickory, North Carolina, which is about 45 an hour northwest of Charlotte, North Carolina. And what I love about this building is, the first thing you'll notice is like the the pool area. It's got a really nice pool. It looks like um, a resort almost. It has nice landscaping around it. It's got nice uh, pool furniture. It's a five-story building, has an elevator, and it has solar panels on the roof, which we've been reaping the benefits of with these uh, utility bills in like the uh, common areas and the office have been super, super uh, affordable is the best word to use. So very unique asset, built in 1982, and it's basically, it's majority all one bedrooms with exception of, I believe it's five two bedrooms, but they're really good size one bedrooms. They're a little bit over 900 square feet. They've got balconies in the majority of the units. Uh, they're really good size, which is great. And there's not a lot of one bedrooms available in the Hickory, North Carolina market. And we're going to take we're, we're taking advantage of that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more.
0: Um, yeah. So you know? going in, uh, mm-hmm. some of the some of the keys here for us are, you know, obviously the market. What is that market doing in the Hickory market? Uh, some of these uh, we'll call them secondary. And this is probably more of a tertiary market in North Carolina. Uh, following the trends in some of the bigger cities. These are growing cities. As people uh, start to get stuffed into places like Charlotte and Atlanta, you're seeing the overflow go to the places that we're investing in. Uh, The Greensboro, the Greenvilles, uh, both North and South Carolina, Uh, and even down to the Hickories, which is even a little bit smaller market, but still uh, a lot going on there. A lot going on business-wise, a lot going on, uh economically and so on and as you start going into now the the micro market market of hickory this little sub market that we're in uh solid uh class b neighborhood that we're in surrounded by doctor's offices uh, nice homes we got a university literally a block away this is not student housing though um, and it has all the characteristics that we like to see, including a uh, Chick fil A uh, just a few blocks away.
1: Yep, m- most definitely. And the, the biggest thing you said that I really like is there's lots of medical offices. Uh, there's like hearing, uh, orthodontics, uh, nose, and, and throat, uh, allergy center, like all these different um, doctor's offices, which is great because that provides jobs to the two individuals over there um,
0: and it brings traffic around the asset. So, yeah, uh, school right behind us. Too. Yep, the university, not, not, not just the university. There's another school that's right behind. Oh, us. yes. Yep. Uh, and then you know, the, the worst looking place on the back or around uh, our our facility that we acquired, building whatever we want to call it. asset, maybe is the best term. Uh, there's a Napa Auto Parts there um, or Napa Repair Shop. And it's like one of the best looking repair shops. It's all brick,
1: right? It's all, it's (laughs) it's And they do a good
0: job with the cars they have outside and everything like that. It it doesn't look like some kind of cheap used auto place is my point. So everybody does a nice job taking care of their properties. really excited about being in this neighborhood.
1: Yeah, most definitely. So uh, we'll talk about sourcing the deal and acquisition. So this deal was strictly off market. This deal was never formally marketed. There was no OM for it, but a broker brought it to us. Uh, This is a broker that saw how much business we were doing in the market, saw that we were closing on deals, and he brought it to us. Uh, It was actually a broker I had a relationship with when he was at a different brokerage, and he moved to this brokerage. Hey, I got this awesome deal. Would you guys like the opportunity to look at it? And they were asking about, I believe it was 4.25 million. No, Guidance was 4.5 million. And they sent it to two groups. We offered originally 4.25 million, and another group offered... I believe it's just about the same number. I'm trying to remember now. It feels like forever ago. And we, I'm trying to remember how this happened now. We did have to adjust the price because of financing. So we went in at the 4.25 million. And I, I don't think we got awarded the deal yet. I think we actually, or no, we, we did get awarded the deal as well, we were negotiating the PSA. We brought it to our debt broker, we got a quote for the property. And this was when interest rates were like really changing and the market was really changing. And we basically said to the broker, like, listen, like we'd like the deal a lot, but here is what our debt brokers are giving us for quotes. We can't take the property at 4.25. We never want to retrade, but here's, and and the broker understood this because of what was going on in the market. Everyone's retrading in a sense because debt's
0: retrading. It, it, because this was April of 2022.
1: Right, right. Yeah, That's exactly.
0: Why. We all know what was going on then. Uh, So, you know, huge inflation concerns and uh, really the mortgage brokers were running scared and uh, being really conservative. So not only did we do our revised offer based on the debt quote that we received and explain that to everyone involved. But what was the key with that, Dante? Do you remember? I don't. Surprise me. 30-day close, Oh, 30-day oh, yes. rate, oh, rate, ser- rate lock. Yeah. Yes.
1: So the big thing was we asked for the $300,000 price reduction. The broker brought it to the seller and said, listen, like these guys will close. They're not retrading because they're just trying to get a better number. It's because of the debt. And the debt quote we had was going to expire in 30 days. We had to close the, the on this deal within 30 days or else not only did our rate increase, but it also went from a fixed rate to a floating rate. And I got on the phone with the broker, I'm like the mortgage broker. I'm like, we you know, we can't do this. There's no way. It's like, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And we got everything lined up right away. I mean, when we went under contract, we did due diligence on this property before we had an official contract, DJ. If you remember, yeah. We uh we yeah, actually...
0: we, we didn't do the detailed walkthrough. Right. But we had all the quotes. We had done a preliminary walkthrough. Yep. Um, we were already working on surveyors, uh, like we, we knew we had to hit the ground running. So we were treating it and doing the work as if we were already under contract while we were negotiating final details. So that, that probably bought us a little bit of time, but not much.
1: Yeah. We ordered a rush appraisal. We ordered a, uh, a rush survey update and be, we also, uh, had our sec draft up the docs within two to three days. We had Ed's back like just about the same day. And we raised all the capital, $1.5 million equity raise on this in in a week. We did it in a week. It was super quick. And we closed on this deal in 27 days. We had three days to spare before that rate lock expired. Uh, The brokers through Cushman and Wakefield were head over heels because they barely talked to us the whole time. We we were in direct contact with the seller. So we just did everything. Um, And we made it super smooth. And we closed super fast, and everyone was super happy. Super. Yeah, I just keep using the word super here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: well, the seller was super uh, great people. Uh, mm-hmm. We did get to know them during the process, which was unique. Uh, I, I think they got offended when we did our uh, equity raise because in the webinar we called them a mom and pa owner. Uh, it was not meant to offend. <laughs> no, it's just describing. It, it, you know, they're not yeah. like a like a but, private
1: equity group. They're
0: just exactly, and individual that's individual owners. Yeah that's what the term means. So we always try to be sensitive to people's concerns. So if they do happen to listen to this podcast, uh, you know uh, we, we, we had follow-up discussions with them. We explained uh, I think a lot of what we were thinking. So no, the term ma and pa is not meant to be offensive. It really uh, is more a statement of how long you've owned a property for and how many properties you own. Mm -hmm. So I believe they had this one for about 10 years and they were the only owners and they did a really nice job taking care of it. And they were extremely helpful um, going through the process with us and, yeah. you know, a tribute to them because uh, being able to close in 27 days was a lot about that relationship. And they are just great people and they're capitalizing on this sale and literally sailing off into the sunset because that's the, the power of multifamily and what it can do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so the basis on this deal was phenomenal. We bought at eighty nine thousand a door. This is nineteen eighty two construction. A comp one block over is nineteen seventy two construction and closed two months before this at one hundred and thirty five or excuse me one hundred and twenty five a door, just a little bit over thirty five thousand door more than what we're purchasing the purchasing this asset for. So we already know it's a good comp. And as I think it was a like sixty or seventy unit just got listed in this neighborhood for high nineties a door and it's older and it looks awful it is really bad it needs a lot of help it's about four blocks away and uh you know it's it's tucked in the corner doesn't really affect us as much but you know they're they're marketing it for much more than we bought this asset for and my favorite part about this is this property appraised for 15% over what we purchased it for so we purchased it for 3.95 it appraised for 4.55 million that's that's great we we love to hear that we love it's, to see it's that it's an equity Instant equity. Yep, exactly. Instant equity.
0: And, so, yeah, can I just jump in for I want to hit a, a yeah. time, time out here on the Abbey mm-hmm. and take this back, you know, big picture for a Victory Capital Group and our investors. This has literally happened on every deal that we've acquired. So three deals since last December that we've closed on. <clears throat> and in each case, uh, within a few months of ownership or acquisition, We've either received appraisals or comparable sales that are far above our acquisition price. When you look at price per door, however you want to look at it, price per square foot, whatever it is, within the first few months of ownership, we've got really strong comps on each of the three assets or offers or offers, right? That are actually closer to our projected sales price in five years than they are to our purchase price. Yep. So I just want to highlight when we say we conservatively underwrite a deal, every syndicator is going to say that. And I'm going to continue to hammer on this point. So if you listen to our podcasts and you join our meetups and you're on our webinars when we have new offerings, you're going to hear this over and over because I really it speaks to the investor who you're dealing with in the conservative nature. But you are going to hear that from every syndicator out there. And this is the biggest test right here is where are you buying at? Where do you project you're going to sell at? These are assumptions, not necessarily where we're buying at, but knowing that we're buying the right price. But the biggest assumption in any of these deals that affects the amount of capital that you're going to receive on your money is that projected sales price and how conservative is that syndicator being? And we see a lot of deals where people say they're being conservative, everybody will do it, but they're not all there. And if if you want to talk more about that, call one of us, reach out to us, Dante uh, at VictoryCapGroup.com, DJ at VictoryCapGroup.com. Uh, shoot us an email. We're happy to explain why that is and get in the weeds. But now I'll, I'll restart the uh, Abby podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, but like, you know, one of our deals, we received an offer after several months of ownership, 35% over what we bought it for, which was just shy of what we projected our five month sale price to be. And a comp right down the street that's 12 years older is selling for 160 a door, which is 10000 more than what we projected. You know, just crazy stuff like that. Um, one of our assets, we had offers before we even closed on the property for $20,000 a door more than we bought it for. Just crazy stuff like that. But back to the Abbey. Yeah, so uh,
0: All right. Yeah. Since, you, since you did it, I got to throw in one more thing. Yep, go, go for uh, it. One of the groups with, with an almost identical asset, just more oh, units, yep. actually called us to ask us to help them raise money. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't possibly do it because we had just done a webinar. We had just closed on our deal. This was the Greenville deal. Yep. And their numbers were so much higher than ours in terms of their projections, their underwriting and so on, that there's no way we could put those numbers in front of investors where we just did basically the same asset, same neighborhood, everything, uh, I, I would Over guess the even, price we plan even to sell the same at. market. Exactly. Their, their numbers were so much higher than ours. It's like, we can't go to our investors, say these numbers are conservative and then go right back to them again and say, here's the same asset at these numbers that are way higher. You should invest in this too. You can't do it.
1: Right. Yeah. And how many calls did you get after we closed on an asset of people being like, are you guys interested in selling? You, know, yeah. you yeah. got quite a few calls, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and we're, we're starting to see that a lot. Oh yeah. All three assets. Uh, including, and this is the last one I'll stick in before we go back to the Abbey, uh, is people wanting to get into our deals. And it's it's a great feeling. We wish we could welcome everybody in, but I just want to remind everyone that we're doing 506B offerings right now, which require that pre-existing relationship. Yep. Uh, so you do have to get to know us first. We have to get to know you uh, following all the SEC rules and doing things correctly. So yeah. Now back to the Abbey.
1: So on the Abbey, we oversubscribed, we raised the capital a week, and we had to turn multiple investors away. Uh, we even had some investors wire us over funds that we didn't have that pre-existing relationship with, and we returned those funds back to them because we didn't have that pre-existing relationship even before we oversubscribed it. And you know, we bought this asset at roughly a 5.29% cap rate. We plan to exit at about a 6.20% cap rate. So pretty conservative there. As cap rate increases, price is supposed to decrease, but we're adding value. So it all kind of balances each other out. If you ask for the investor summary, we'll certainly uh, share that with you. So you can look at that a little bit more. So, you know, DJ, we talked about how we founded, found the deal. We talked about the funding. I mean, it was bridge debt, really good terms. Lender, we already did a bridge debt loan with. They had all of our info. We talked about closing on the deal. And we haven't really talked too much about... Uh, business plan. So quick high level business plan for this is 10 years owners. They've done a great 10 year owners. They've done a great job with this asset. It's beautiful. It's in good shape. It doesn't need a lot of capex. It doesn't need a lot of money investment. It's more of an operational investment. So units are renovated. is renovated. It looks like it's in good shape. The manager they had lived on site, wasn't a true property manager and therefore Buildings is 100% occupied. They're using units as storage units instead of renovating them and getting them out on the market. So we did a few things like, DJ, we took that storage unit, or excuse me, that storage unit, quote unquote, it's an actual unit that a resident can reside in. We moved all that stuff out and we traded out that unit for a $70 a month storage unit at a storage facility down the street. So basically, we traded $70 for $900 a month. Yeah, It's, it's a pretty good deal. It's, th-
0: and this is, uh, a am not going to say a common thing, but we've seen it in a number of instances where somebody will take advantage of space on site by using a unit to store construction materials and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's the economics of what Dante just said. While it's inconvenient maybe to have something a few blocks away because you have to go get stuff, uh, look for other on-site options. Uh, shed a small storage building or something like that. Even if you have to put in a, a four thousand dollar storage building, if you're getting nine hundred months or nine hundred dollars a month of income, make it back in four four and a half months. Yeah, the return on investment there is, is pretty darn short. So yep. uh, our choice here was uh, seventy bucks a month. We get a storage unit that we can put in some stuff. We do have uh, an office on site which has some extra space. So any of the mechanical stuff that we need in an instant, we'll keep there. Uh, Stuff we don't need as frequent, we'll put it off into the self-storage unit. We free up this unit. The other neat thing that this allows us to do is to do uh, a, I'll call it a, a little bit higher end renovation. As long as we have to go in there and do a full reno, the thought process here is Let's make this unit a little bit nicer than the others. It's going to cost us a few thousand bucks more Uh, tile backsplash, that kind of thing. Like in the, in the kitchen, Um, you know, we're going to do a little bit more of an open concept. Currently the kitchens are this, this U shaped within with a peninsula. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're going to actually turn it into an L shape with an Island, open it up a little bit more. Um, These are good spacious units. So by doing a little bit higher end renovation, the thought process there is we may be able to command uh, a few hundred dollars a month more than our business plan. And if that proves out with this test case, then we start looking at doing this in more units and we change up the business plan a little bit uh, because it wouldn't take a heck of a lot to get those other units there. good, good return on investment. Uh, If this plays out, but you always want to be testing the market, see what you can do, maximize your gains, minimize your capex, or just make sure your capex is spent efficiently. Yep.
1: Yeah, totally. So, you know, with that unit that we're doing, DJ, I'm going to give you $70 a month and you're going to give me back $900 a month. That's a no brainer. That's basically what we're doing with that unit. So, it's more of an operational standpoint. We're not investing a large amount of money, we're doing things like power washing the exterior, getting it cleaned up. We got a new awning out in front of the building where you enter. We're doing some, you know, light turns in units that are turning over and uh we're already beating rent projections. So I think Yeah, we... and
0: before before you get too far there, Dante. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this again going back to this maintenance unit, it's not just 900. Our property manager thinks with a nicer renovation.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah
0: we can command about $1,100 a month is what we'll start marketing at. We don't know if that's going to play out. It is pushing the rents a little bit in this market, but it will be a brand new, fully renovated unit in a place with a pool. So we'll see how that plays out. We know we can get at least 900 for it is what Dante is saying, right. but with the type of renovation we plan on doing and trying to test the market, we're going to see if we can push that a few hundred dollars more per month.
1: Yeah, definitely. So you know, we're going to focus on one bedrooms. We won't talk about two bedrooms because it's primarily one bedrooms at this asset. So we projected that in year one, we would be renting these units at $850 a month. And let me just double check that number here to make sure I'm correct. Um, Yeah, $850 a month is what we projected. We'll be renting these units out plus a $27, call it $25 common area maintenance fee for, you know, the common areas. And we are actually renting these units, including the common area maintenance fee at $900 a month. So we've had units that uh, have been vacated, we've turned, we have applications, we have people moving in at $900 a month. And we also have several individuals at the property who their leases have expired since we've taken over and they've decided to renew their lease from Anywhere from, you know, what were the rates roughly? $700, $650, $700.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right in that range. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I and think $675 actually is what I was thinking. I'm going from memory a little bit, but yeah. yeah. $647 yeah.
1: is the current average rent in these one bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And the current market average is 909 And we're getting uh, our our target was 875 call it with the common area. We're getting 900 So we're already proving the business plan. And yeah. we're we're starting to see those numbers increase.
0: Yeah. And to the investors, so we again, I, I'm gonna keep hitting on the conservative nature. What we do is we're gonna tell you that we're gonna rent these units out at this certain price. But when we actually go into into action and we start moving, we're immediately gonna go for something higher. And yep. that's already proving out. So conservative nature, get numbers that you know you can meet or exceed. Uh, we're doing that to other syndicators that are out there, maybe that are starting out and a few months behind us. Um, certainly, you need to plan for these turns, and this is planned for in our underwriting. When you go in and you raise rents, uh, and now again, I'm
1: ready to take on some vacancy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so there's two things that are happening here. In the eyes of the renter, rents are going up a lot. However, that number that we set relative to market is still a good deal. So you're going to have your renters whose leases are expiring fall in one of two categories. One category is no way I'm going to pay that much. I'm moving out. Well, hopefully they've looked around because the other people who have decided to stay, I've basically looked around and said, boy, I've been getting a great deal for the last several years and I'm still getting a good deal. Yep. We're, we're not just driving people out of the market. We're executing the business plan. That's so why people
1: the, are staying. Yep.
0: Exactly. You know, we look for these value adds, we adjust to market and, and actually slightly below market because we want these places to stay 100% occupied. And then we we manage the turn. So there's a lot of people here, I believe, Dante, a month-to-month leases or leases that are expiring. Yep. So just being able to manage those turns Um, you know, we let some people stay month to month. We don't want to approach, you know, 10 out of the 44 residents, uh, who have maybe are on expired leases acquisition or leases that are about to expire and tell them all that they're going up. You you need to strategically approach that, manage it as you get answers or vacancies, let those fill up before you approach the next group of people. That was kind of a lesson that nobody really taught us going in. Certainly, you know, you want occupancy to remain high, uh, but just managing that and being careful about how quickly or slowly that you move uh, is really key to executing the business plan.
1: Yeah. Like, like we're doing in our English village asset as well. We're strate- strategically partnering, excuse me, strategically targeting certain residents that are on month to month leases that we're, you know, we're serving notices to that are so grossly below market. It's insane. But, you know, we target these four units in this corner because they're probably buddy-buddy. They're probably going to talk. It just needs to make sense. And we're doing the same thing at the Abbey here. And I think we're doing a phenomenal job.
0: Yeah. English Village is a good example because they are uh, blocks of one-bedroom and blocks of two-bedroom yep. that all share like the same little common area out front.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's like four units at a time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're like, we got to approach these like this group of four. Because you know, these few neighbors are all congregating. Yeah, they'll see the
1: notice on each other's doors, things like
0: that. You want to treat them fairly. So that's kind of just a unique physical uh, characteristic of the Greenville property uh, versus this one here. All the units are basically the same. Uh, You know, I I think everybody's probably talking to everybody. It's not as much of a, uh, I guess, concern going forward. And, And the other thing I'll say is if you have tenants, again, this is for the syndicators, that are slow or non-payers that aren't treating the place very well. uh, Those are leases that you probably just want to expire and give them notice and let them go find somewhere else to live because, you know, ultimately part of the plan is to keep our uh, assets nice, keep them clean, keep them updated, and keep them with a clientele who's going to treat them like it's their home. Not like, you know, I don't know, some college fraternity house that you're going to live in for a year, <laughs> year or something. I, you know, yeah. The, and yeah, yeah, the way we
1: kind of target is, you know, the way I like to say it is you target the no payers, the slow payers, the low payers. And, you know, the no payers obviously want to get out because they're not paying. The slow payers. They're kind of a pain. They pay the late fee, which is kind of nice, but it just it kind of throws off the PL. And then the low payers are obviously just you know you, the the market is, the unit's not meeting market expectations, our expectations, the investors' expectations. So we're uh, we've definitely kickstarted this investment. I think we're doing a really good job. Our property manager has done a phenomenal job, in our in my opinion, so far, I think they've done a really good job in this asset. And the name of the game for this deal is NOI, NOI, NOI we want to push that NOI up as high as possible as quickly as possible because we want to refinance out of this bridge debt into permanent debt. The nice thing is we have a 4-year term on this bridge loan. I don't want to take anywhere near near close to 4 years. I'd want to take less than 2, get this thing refinanced into an agency loan and go from there. So, super excited about this asset. We're off to a great start. I really get excited every time we have the meetings the asset management meetings each week with property management. Because I just get excited to see how much progress we've made at the property week over week over week. And it's continuously gotten better and better, which is so good.
0: Yeah. And uh, my hat's off to Grace, our local property manager up there. Um, You know, our boots on the ground uh, really has done a great job. She's a very good communicator. This is always a team asset or a team effort. Um, that we, we want to make sure, you know, the very definition of a syndication, right? People coming together for a common purpose. Um, and it, it, takes everyone. It takes property management. We were able to retain, uh, a maintenance guy that works at the facility part-time. Uh, his oh, name is Derek. so good. So good. Great guy. Uh, I've gone up there and met with him. I'll be going up and doing some other stuff with him as we continue to keep, you know, eyes on that place but he knows everything there is to know. He's been there for years, uh, a true gentleman, and uh, really good at what he does. So we were very happy we gave him a little bump in uh, pay uh, to stay on with us. So it, it's all those people uh, that, it, it, as well as the investors, even though the investors aren't there doing their thing, this wouldn't be possible. Um, we talked about you know, some of the, the tough side of doing what we do always is, um, you know, it, it's truly hard for me to see people, uh, not take care of our places. And, uh, I wish it wasn't that way. I wish we didn't have to deal with that, but the reality is we do. And, but what I, what I really love is the fact, uh, you know, uh, and I'm going to take it back to Allison Heights. I saw a picture of Allison Heights, not before we acquired it, but before the previous investor acquired it. And it was a dump. An absolute disgraceful dump. And the previous yeah. <laughs> owner did a great job, as well as property management, you know, doing the first round of CapEx and in a lot of exterior stuff, some interior. And then we came in and did a ton of the interior. This is a it's a nice looking asset now and a nice place in the community. So versus people driving by and seeing this place that's like you know, just an absolute wreck, literally a distressed property when the previous investor bought it. Now, now it's a nice place in the community. And and these places need people to come in and invest money. And this is how it's done. Right. And if people can benefit from it, that's great. If we can provide nice housing, that's great. Uh, But it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of work, but it's uh, it's certainly a successful game plan. And that's the reality of what we do. Um, I'm, you know, not going to hide from it. That's, That's what this business is, and um, you know we're just happy to partner with a great team and and produce the results.
1: Very well said, DJ. Very well said. Yeah, so we're excited to give our investors more updates on the Abbey. We're excited for upcoming acquisitions we're working on. And other than that, I'm kind of set. I think we covered everything about the Abbey and uh, our experience with this asset so far.
0: Oh, well, we, we got to touch on the solar panels before we go.
1: Oh, yeah. These are great. So, I mean, pretty cool. So, we're actually uh, a fun story. We're going up on the roof with the sellers and the broker to check out the roof, check out the solar panels, all that good stuff. And on our way down, the ladder was like stuck. (laughs) And uh, DJ was like trying to get it unstuck. His hand went in the wrong spot, just the wrong time. It was like one of those slide ladders. This whole ladder is aluminum, fiberglass, something just slid right down. I watched it happen in like slow motion, just. Bam, right on yep. his whole hand. So actually, we went to Starbucks after to finish up PSA with the owners directly. And he's got a, a, a Starbucks cup full of of ice, ice. <laughs> just sit, sitting on his In the hand. the back of my hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good. Uh, but yeah, touch the yeah, uh, solar panels
0: if you want. So, you know, 30 years of industrial safety and who's the guy that sticks his hand where it shouldn't have been? Uh, I did free up the ladder, though, so that you was did. good. Uh, always willing to help, even if it cost me a few fingers. Um, but no, the, the the thing, it seems like every deal has some unique aspects to it. Actually, I'm not going to say it seems. Every deal that you're going to come across is going to have some unique aspects to it. So for this one here, this is a flat roof. We normally stay away from flat roofs. We got a just a uh, wonderful ringing endorsement from an inspector that we had. And as we do due diligence, we do, we bring in plumbers, electricians, roofers, pest control, uh, swimming pool people, the whole bit when we're doing a place like this to look over these assets along with us um, and make sure we have professional mm-hmm. eyes on, professional trades and so on. So the unique aspect of this one, solar panels that the previous owner had put on the roof, uh, the nice thing is the utility bills are, are really low. It mainly powers, it only powers this uh, the common areas there. So it helps keep uh, our costs down. It really doesn't benefit the tenants, but it does benefit the owner. Uh, been a little bit tricky to get going with uh, it's Duke Energy uh, is the utility provider down there trying to just get everything switched over to us from an ownership standpoint. Um, But, you know, anytime you go into something like that, you want to do your due diligence on that too. And I feel like we've done that. Um, You know, we're glad that they're there. It's a nice thing to be able to tell investors. It helps cut expenses. We think the connections to the roof look pretty good. Um, And all in all, that's been uh, a win-win. It does require a little bit of maintenance because they'll retain a little bit more debris on the roof. Uh, then if that was just a, you know, a flat roof with leaves getting wind blown off the top of it, 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 uh, does trap some of the stuff in there, but our maintenance guy goes up there every couple three weeks and just blows it off. And, uh, that's how we maintain that. So that was one of the unique features, uh, of this facility. Um, now the last thing I'll touch on, uh, the, probably the biggest key to the success and being able to close this deal in the 27 days, Uh, was the surveyor believe it or not oh yeah um so any deal you come if you don't have an existing survey and even if you do have one you better send it to your lender send it to your attorney send it to everyone and make sure uh it's signed off on and that you can use it because surveyors are stretched thin they're backed up uh they are are um Sorry are busy. They're super
1: busy right now. And like our English Village deal, we had to have a completely new survey made because they
0: didn't even Mm -hmm. have one. Or was it this one? It was this one.
1: It was this one. That's right. This deal,
0: we did not have a survey. So trying to get a surveyor in there, I mean, you can plan literally, it can be two to three months to get a survey. We got lucky. And well, we got lucky. We were able to find somebody that could squeeze us in and, and it didn't crush us. So one surveyor told us, uh, just to give you a sense of pricing, eight grand for a survey. And if we need to expedite, $12,000. <laughs> we we were able to get somebody to do this survey, I think, for about 6500 uh and do it, uh, basically have the groundwork completed within two weeks and finish it in four. And they did a great
1: uh, job, too. They did a they phenomenal job.
0: did a very nice job, answered some tough questions, had to have it revised several times, great people to work with. But we called no less than 15 surveyors, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. DJ to, did, find, to find we, one DJ yeah. did. I to didn't find, call a single yeah. one <laughs> to find one surveyor. We literally had to call 15 people. So. Yeah. Uh so that that's just a a key thing that you're going to want to pay attention to uh especially if you're a syndicator trying to close your first second or whatever if deal.
1: <laughs> and this is a team sport. Huge yep. team sport. We we literally couldn't have done this in 27 days without our investors, our attorney, our securities attorney, our lender, surveyor, you know, inspector, all that stuff. So they all all play a big, big role. So DJ, this was uh, great. Great having you back on the show here, joining me. I appreciate that. We'll have to get you back on again soon. Yep. appreciate everyone listening in. If you're looking to invest with us, get in on these private offerings and deals like this, feel free to visit our website, victorycapgroup.com, victorycapgroup.com. Feel free to reach out to myself, Dante at victorycapgroup.com or DJ at VictoryCapgroup.com. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and, and listen, we'll never pressure sell. Um, it, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate it when people pressure sell me. So if you have questions, if you're just looking for information, if you're wondering what these private placements are all about, what the syndication thing is all about, uh, you won't get any pressure from us. We're here to educate. It's your money. If you decide to invest in us, great. We'd love to have you along. If you don't, what I always tell people is we'll love you the same regardless. It will not change. We got friends and family doing this. I, I don't, my relationships are more important than somebody, you know, investing 50 or 100 grand with us. Most um, definitely. Yeah. So, it, like I said, friends and family involved, stuff like that. And we've had friends and family say no. And it's not going to change our relationship. It's a personal decision. It's your decision. If you say yes, we'd love to have you on board. If not, I, we can appreciate that. So, that's what we're all about.
1: Yeah, love it. Awesome. Well, DJ, great having you on. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next
0: week.